It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, I'm looking at third-year players. Who's ready to break out what we can expect from this class of young guys? Michael Michael Bolton? Michael Bolton? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, we're talking third-year players in the NBA. It is a common season when players break out. They are bad as rookies, they step up as second-year guys, and then they get into a much larger role and really take steps forward as, um, as third-year guys. It is one of those years where we do see quite a lot, in general, of improvement. So, you know, in, in saying that, we're going to be looking at those guys. Now, this is the third-year class of a weak rookie class, the 2020 rookie class, the Anthony Edwards, the Mallow Ball, Tyrese Halliburton rookie class, which was a weak rookie class. We talked about that when we talked rookies, a few days ago, saying there was only three top 120 players in that group, when on average you get five. So it goes to show that there is some level of um, of weakness in this group. And I think that's you know, obviously something that's worth mentioning here. So who what, what, what do we need to see with this group of guys? They are, they are going to be improvements, I'm pretty sure of that. But maybe we shouldn't look at it as a regular third-year class of players. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last season, this group of players had eight in category leagues and eight in points leagues be top 120 players. Okay? So there was only three of them as rookies. There was eight of them as second-year guys. So we got big steps up from a lot of players. Um, this season, I have nine players in both categories and points leagues projected to be top 120 players. If you expand that limit out to top 130, I've got 12 players. And I've got uh, 10 in points leagues that push into the top 130. So again, an improvement, but not quite as much as what we would expect with a regular strength or a really strong draft class. But there is a lot of value outside of those three guys who were top 120 as rookies, Ball, uh, Edwards, and Halliburton. You've got the rise of guys like Bain and Maxi. They're in this group. They took big steps forward last season. Um, you've got guys who will step up. We'll talk about them later on in the show, but they're, they're, they're the major ones who have stepped into that. There's that elite group and there's that sub-elite group, which is Bain and Maxi. And then there's just a bunch of other guys who are sort of floating um, in areas as to where where we might see them arrive. 
We don't know where they're going to come out. But again, I, I don't have... There, and there are, we'll talk about this. I'm a little bit... I don't know why I'm so lost with what I'm saying here. There's a, a lot of these guys who are going to have improvements in value this season. And if you do have those guys in Dynasty League, I think there might be some real sell-high potential after this season because it is going to be a large product of the situation they're in. And when we move forward into future seasons, that situation won't be the same. So let's start off with a guy who is relatively situation-dependent, and that is LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets. He ranked 16th last season, 13th in points leagues, 16th in category leagues. But I think the biggest thing that stands out to me there is he only played 32 minutes a night. Now, I do expect that Steve Clifford slows the pace down. He's a really slow coach, so he'd probably lose four to five possessions a game um, under Clifford versus Borrego. That's possible. But we saw Borrego and Ball have some issues at times. Ball had some foul trouble at times as well. I'd be staggered if Lamello plays 32 minutes a night only. It's got to push to 34, maybe 35, maybe 36. We saw someone like Darius Garland in year three push up to really high minutes. I would be pretty stunned to see Mallow at 32. Yahoo's got him ranked 11th with an ADP the same. ESPN's got him ranked 16th with an ADP the same. To me, he's a pretty clear first-round player, whether that's at pick 10 or pick 12. Yeah, I've got him in that area. Do I have him higher in categories or points? I've actually got him the same. When you go and look at the projections, you'll see him like at 13th. But to me, that's a first-round player because the per-game guys like a Kyrie who's ahead of him, I probably wouldn't I wouldn't take Kyrie ahead of him. Simple as that. Um, and I probably wouldn't take LeBron ahead of him with his age-related risk as well. So I'd probably have Lamelo in the 10 to 11 range. I'm going to do a whole show on who I would pick in the first round in what order. Um, that'll come up yeah, probably in a week or two. So pay, pay, pay attention to that. Should have mentioned this up the top. Next week... I'm going to have information on joining the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. And there's going to be two sections of that, a category league one and a points league one. 360 teams, you get uh, prizes along the way for winning your division, but also a grand overall prize. There's going to be category leagues and points leagues, as I said, and I'll provide entry information for that in shows in the coming weeks. It is going to be the largest contest that I've ever run. And again, trying to combine it all into one final winner out of 360 teams um, across categories. And then 360, hopefully, we get it for points as well. When I put the polls out there, I had 75% people interested in category leagues versus points. But I also think that's because a lot of the points league players are not focusing on fantasy basketball now. They'll come in after fantasy football starts and we'll get points leagues starting to fill up um, through middle to end of September as more points league people come and and watch what we're doing. should have mentioned that a little bit earlier, but... uh, I didn't, and we're talking about it now. Let's talk about Tyrus Halliburton, who is a third-year player. He was 24th in category leagues last year, 22nd in points leagues. He played 35 minutes a night. That's not really going to change, but his usage should. Remember, he played two-thirds of the season for Sacramento, one-third for Indiana. And in Indiana, he's going to have a situation where his usage is higher um, the minutes are going to be there. The worry we have, I guess, is as usage pushes up, efficiency tends to drop, and that can lead to a drop in defensive stats as well. I think Halliburton is someone I would take behind LaMelo Ball, but he's fine at the turn, whether that's at 12 to 14 range, in that sort of an area, I've got no problem. In points leagues, I'd probably drop him a little bit lower. I don't think I'd have him quite in that um, quite in that you know, range of taking him at 10 or 11 or 12. In fact, he's probably more back-end second, I think, in points leagues. 
Um, but in category leagues, I, I would look to him around the turn or very, very early second round. Yahoo's got him at 17 ranked. He was ranked initially at 29. And they've bumped that up. His ADP is 20. That'll start to come in. And that ADP will start to come into 14, I think. And then on ESPN, he's still ludicrously ranked. 33rd there with an ADP somehow, somehow lower at 42. So the people at ESPN who are drafting on ESPN are looking at him at pick 33. And he's sitting at the top of the board for 12 more picks as people pass over him. Because I don't know what those guys are doing. I have no idea what people are doing on ESPN if that is what your draft situation is. So you think he's going to be worse than he was as a rookie? significantly, oh sorry, worse than he was as a second year player, significantly worse. Uh, two rounds worse than what he was as a second year player. If you can, if you can work that out, I'd, I'd love to, um, I'd love to find out why that's the case, but I'm not going to because I don't care. Anyway, let's talk about bet online because football is back. I'm releasing this after the first game. So congratulations to the Rams or congratulations to the Bills. I don't know. Um, I think the Bills would have won, but I don't know. And you're going to be telling me whether I'm wrong or not. But if you want to place a bet on any football game that's on college football, NFL, BetOnline is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's look at the next guy. I'm sure you know who it is. Oh, sorry. Wrong picture. Um, Anthony Edwards. Oh, God. oh, my transition didn't work. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Goose. 44th ranked player in category leagues. 47th in points leagues with 34 minutes. So there's not as big a scope for rise as there is with LaMelo Ball with playing time. But I'm a little worried about where Goose sits. He's ranked 25th on Yahoo. His ADP is 27. But I'm starting to see him go 20, 19. I'm having people say, hey, could I pick him at 10? Should I pick him at 14? And that is a wild difference from where he was last season. This is not a guy who was 20th, 25th, and we're going, can I pick him at 17? He's a guy who was 44th, 37th in points leagues. ESPN's got him ranked at 49, which of course is insane. Yahoo's got him at 25. ESPN, at least the ADP's at 37, so people are reaching high. But I'm seeing it happen where he is starting to go high and people are asking me, hey, pick 15, could I take Anthony Edwards? That's a, that's a big jump. And I think he's got a leap in him, for sure. I'm not sure it's that high, though. To me, he's probably a late second at best, early third, around pick 30 sort of a player. I, I You're reaching mid-second, I don't get what we're seeing there. It, it could happen, but I think you're passing over a lot of guys who seem to project a lot better than Anthony Edwards in that spot. Yes, they lost Patrick Beverly. Does that really change much for Edwards? I don't think so. They lost Jared Vanderbilt. Does that change much for him? I don't think so. You still got Russell, still got Towns. 
There's Gobert there, so that probably takes a rebound maybe away from him as well. I, I think there is the situation where this season he becomes the number one usage guy. That's why I'm a little bit more down on Towns this season. And I've always been a big Towns guy in fantasy. I think Towns loses some uh, blocks, rebounds, and field goal percentage. And if he then loses usage to Edwards, which I think is possible, that hurts somewhat. Um, but like I said with Matt on the shooting guard show yesterday, yeah, he could finish 10th, Anthony Edwards. I don't think he will, but he could. He could average 27, 5, and 5. I think of the numbers that I threw out there last season. But it's going to take a few things to change for that to happen. So there is some risk associated with it. It's not an absolute slam dunk as a top 20 player. He might get there, but it's not an absolute slam dunk. Um, the dinosaur, Desmond Bain. The 48th ranked player in category leagues last season. 80th in points leagues. Big discrepancy. Played 30 minutes a night. That's something that's interesting to look at. He's 57th on Yahoo with an ADP of 54. He's 81st on ESPN with an ADP of 90. I don't know what's going on. Honestly, I have no idea what's going on over there. I don't know. ESPN, pay me a million dollars. I'll fix all this stuff. I don't know what's going on. That makes no sense. Now, I did take him. I think it was in round four of a mock draft, late fourth, maybe early fifth. I don't remember. But I'm, I don't know. A couple of things I look at here and go, 30 minutes. Well, that can go up. They lost the Anthony Melton. They lost Kyle Anderson. Their depth is hurting a little bit. So that can push to 32. Easy. But he also played so much of last season, either without Brooks or without Morant, meaning he was the second option. Now, I think the thing that softens the blow of playing with the Bull Hog and Jar Morant is that Jaron Jackson's out for how long, I don't know. But in the minutes that play, he played with Morant and Brooks. He had a really low usage, like 17% usage. And when your value is tied highly to your efficiency, when you lose usage, your efficiency impact drops because the volume drops. He's not a rebounder. He's not an assist guy. He can get some steals, and I think he can improve in that area, which helps. So I think in that 50 range is about right. But again, it's not an absolute slam dunk. I'm not sure if I see big improvement for Bain. I'll put it that way. I can see extra minutes, and that maybe he becomes a 20-point-per-game scorer. But... Will the extra minutes be offset by a drop in usage because we expect Morant and Brooks to play more together than they did last season? That's my worry a bit with Bain, I think. Devin Vassell. Talked with Kingy uh, later on or earlier on in the week. Talked with Matt about him yesterday. Really big on what he can do. Last season in 27 minutes a night, he was 128th in category leagues and 131st in points leagues. Not only do we expect the 27 minutes to go to 30, 31, 32, maybe 34. It's possible. But usage is going to go up. Heldon Johnson will be the number one usage guy. Devin Vassell will be the number two usage guy. I think Devin Vassell has got an absolute shot at cracking the top 50. I would never draft him there. In the 60-70 zone, no problem. Yahoo bumped him from a rank of 260, which was obviously insane, up to number 95. There is still value in that. There is still value. His ADP is 103. If you get him in round nine, round eight, even round seven, I think you're getting value on him. ESPN's lagging. Shocking. Wow, sorry. I'm recovering. They're lagging a little bit. He's at 146 with an ADP of 137. You get him in... By the way, standard ESPN leagues have 130 draft picks. So they're expecting him to go undrafted. Cool. Um, Yeah, if you get him in the last round, second last round, you're winning your league, I think. Like, again, that rank suggests that he's worse than last season. Worse. 
I could do a whole show trying to explain what's going on, but and I'd never get an answer. He's got a real opportunity here. Big into Vassal, steals guy, efficient shooter. What if he just becomes a high usage and works on pick and roll ball, ball handling and becomes a five assist player? That's a top 35 guy. That's absolute best case scenario, 2% chance of happening. But when you talk about, say, him versus a guy that many people might think is an archetype, Dorian Finney-Smith, Finney-Smith just doesn't have that opportunity, doesn't have that upside, doesn't have that ability to do that. Whereas last season, they played a very similar role and were ranked in a similar area. But Vassell's going to come in with a usage bump, a ball handling bump, a minutes bump, and it's all going to, I think, lead to some pretty good stuff. But you don't have to be aggressive on him just yet. I'd wait for that Yahoo rank. That'll come in. You will, you'll find that at some point, Yahoo will go insane on it and they'll go, oh, now he's 44th. And I'll go, okay, well, now I don't want him. That might happen and that's going to be a worry. He also might be one of those guys, and there are a few more who are definitely more in this boat than him, that I go, ooh, in a dynasty league, this might be best case scenario. Although I do really believe in Devin Vassell. I do really believe that he can become a really strong... He can be a Mikhail Bridges with maybe a little bit more offensive aggression. And we've seen Mikhail Bridges do it on a really good team. And I think Vassell can become that. So I'm less worried about, ooh, good stats, bad team with Vassell than I am with some guys coming up, including the next guy, which is Sticks. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, not Jabari Smith, not Jalen Green, Jalen Smith of the Indiana Pacers, who is going to allegedly start at Power Forward. That gives him, you would say, minimum 25 minutes, maybe 29 minutes. So we look at what he did last season, and they're not really reflective. 218th in categories, 211th in points, played 18 minutes a night. Right? They're not really reflective of his value. Yahoo, again, had him um, quite low in their ranks, but they made an adjustment and put him up to almost exactly where I would suggest he is at 89. His ADP has not caught up yet. It will. It's at 112. ESPN, of course, doesn't have him ranked. They've got 250 guys ranked, but he's not one of them. So you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. In his 22 games for Indiana, he started four of them. He averaged 13 and seven and a half. With a block, he shot 53 from the field, 37 from three, including hitting 1.4 of those per game. His free throws were 76. He doesn't get assists or steals, but 13, let's, that was in 25 minutes. Let's look at, is he a 15 and nine player? 1.2 blocks, 1.5 threes. It's really valuable. The guy behind him is O'Shea Brissett, who I don't think is very good. And I don't think he's really going to challenge Smith too much. I'm really interested in what he can bring. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tyrese Maxey, big breakout guy last year, someone who I was really in on as a guy that you draft with your 11th, 12th, 13th round pick. There was some debate last preseason because it's Doc Rivers. Oh, we're probably going to start Shake Milton. Like, Doc, that was dumb at the time and it looks ridiculous in hindsight. And he, but he, Maxi out, outperformed any expectation I had because, again, I can't come in and say, well, this guy was a 30% three point shooter 
in his rookie season, he was like 30, I think, percent at Kentucky. Well, he's definitely going to be a 44% guy in year two. That, that's a reasonable expectation. Like, you can't project that. But he did it. There's always going to be one of those guys who just has an unbelievable outlier type season. He also did a lot of his damage, the early part, without as the number two guy next to Embiid. Now there's Harden. And he still played well when Harden arrived. There's no debating that whatsoever. But his usage fell to like 17% when he shared the court with Harden. He was 68th last season in category leagues, 83rd in points leagues, and played 35 minutes. So the 35 minutes can't really change. That's about where it's going to stick. Yahoo's got him ranked at 62 with an ADP of 66. Fine. ESPN's actually, I think, probably a little bit better. 72 with a rank of 78. Because I don't want to bank on the fact that his usage dropped, but he maintained value by hitting 47% from three. I think 40% from three is totally reasonable. It's a seven percentage point drop, which impacts his three-pointers made. It impacts his scoring. It impacts his field goal percentage. There, are, there will be people who look at it. And remember, one thing you always got to look at is progression is not linear. So he went from a pretty you know, average rookie season to a really good second year. That doesn't mean he takes the same jump again in year three. In fact, he might stay the same. He might regress a little bit. He might be a better player, but fewer numbers because the shooting goes to 41% or to 39%. And he just doesn't have the ball in his hands as much. And the, the usage drops from 21 or whatever it was down to 18 or 19. And he doesn't quite hit the same heights. He might, but yeah, that's why I think the ESPN rank at 72 is fair. A little bit down from where he was last season, which I think is what's going to happen. Oh, you might roast me for this. You might just think that Max is going to go, he's going to go ham and he's going to be better than Harden. That is possible. It's a really low chance, I think, of it happening. And I wouldn't want to bank on that going on. I, I just think that you know, when he is playing out there with Harden, he will get some open shots. But even if you get all open shots playing next to James Harden, how many players playing next to James Harden? I mean, 47% three-point shooters. Zero. No one. This is really hard to do it. It might make him a 40% guy, a 41% guy, but that is a gigantic drop-off. And does that account for you know, that high shooting? Does that account for the potential drop in usage or the potential drop in assist opportunities? That's where I worry. I really like him long-term. I think long-term he has top 30, top 25 upside, but it's probably two years away, be my guess. This is one of the guys who I think is really in a position to jump up this season, Trey Jones. But it's also one of those guys where I go, ooh, he is um, very, very dependent on situations. So look for sell highs in Dynasty. 317th in category leagues, 306th in points. He played 17 minutes a night. He's probably going to play 30. There might be Josh Primo getting minutes. I don't think Blake Wesley or Malachi Branham are going to push into those minutes. Pop just doesn't really like playing rookies that much. Primo is still like 19. He's basically a rookie. I don't think he's a very good point guard. And Jones was the guy who got the minutes last season when DeJounte was out. Yahoo's got him at 125 with an ADP of 128. Reasonable. I think that's pretty reasonable. I would probably go higher because it's really hard to get... It's really hard to get um, assists in the draft. I think you're looking at him in the 90s, maybe 80s, maybe around 100 Fantrax has got his ADP at 102. I haven't listed that here. ESPN, of course, doesn't have him ranked. Why wouldn't you? I think we're looking at a guy that might average eight assists. He might shoot 25% from three. That's a problem. And that's going to impact his field goals. Um, but he score okay, but it's just really assists and getting some steals. But again, I think it's really situation dependent. The depressed penis. Sadiq Bay. He was 115th last year because his shooting was really poor. Although, 
Over the last three months of the year, it picked back up. He was ranked 94th in points leagues. He played 33 minutes a night. So I'm not, yeah, maybe there's an extra minute in there for Sadiq. Yahoo's got him at 81 with an ADP of 89. ESPN's got him at 103 with an ADP of 112. I'm not sure what the step up is for Bay. Last season, they really put the ball in his hands and said, can we see if you can create your own shots? And he went, sure, I'll try it. And the answer was, no, you can't really do it that well. That's not his role on a team moving forward. I don't think this Pistons team is a team that's pushing for the plane. They're still figuring stuff out. And there is the absence of Jeremy Grant there, for sure. But I don't think it worked. Saying, Sadiq, can you be a self-creator? Can you do all this stuff and try and do all these mid-range twos, which just wouldn't go in? I think they'd like to give Jaden Ivey that opportunity to do it this season and Bay to maybe fall back a little bit in the pecking order and be more of the tertiary guy. Um, although he did increase his assists last season, so maybe I'm underselling Sadiq. Maybe out of all of these guys, I think there is blow-up potential for Bay. I think it's a low possibility, but I didn't like what I saw from him. Although, again, in the last two to three months, the assists were up, the shooting improved. He started to look better, but I don't think his role is this high-usage ball-handling player, and they forced him into that last season to see what they had, which is fine. So I'm not sure the minutes go up. Look, that 115 in categories, 94 in points last season, he can beat it. I don't think he's that sexy to draft higher than that. Like, I wouldn't want to pick him at 81. No, no chance where Yahoo's got him ranked. 103 for ESPN? Sure, fine. Look, that's, that's totally fine. Even if I'm not sure he makes that number. I think he's got a chance. I'm not sure he does. I love this bloke, but there is some uh, overhype risk here. That's Anyeka Okongwu. He was 137th last year in category leagues in 21 minutes. Fantastic. Missed the start of the season with a torn labrum in his shoulder. 179th in points leagues. Yahoo's ranked him at 108. Hmm. Saw him go at, in the 70s in a mock draft I did. Hmm. Before Clint Capella. His ADP is 126. Now I get it. Right. I like the guy. I like what he can do. I don't think he's really going to play at the four very much next to Capella. And I don't think that they're going to play 24 minutes of Capella, 24 minutes of a Congo. And I don't think they're going to trade Clint Capella this season. So I'm not sure where a Kongwu goes. As your last round pick, sure. And you see what happens opening week. Let's see where we go. What do the minutes look like? But otherwise, you're just really hoping for an, a, a Capella injury. ESPN's gone the other way, and they've ranked him at 221, which, of course, is insane and makes no sense. But I'm not ready. And I like a Kongu a lot. It's got a lot of Obi Toppin to it, though, where you have the potential to be a fantasy guy, but you're just stuck. And you are stuck behind Capella. And I think it's probably going to be next season that it happens. I don't know. And I, t- I take the risk on him with a last-round pick just in case I'm wrong, and in case it is him over Capella, really don't think it is. But other, in a backup role, the upside's not that high. What about this bloke? Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. All right, Isaiah Stewart. I'll tell the story one more time. I didn't like him as a draft prospect. Didn't like it at all. Hated the pick. What's this guy? What does he offer? Um, didn't like him as a rookie. What's he doing out there? And then last season, I went, all right, well, they believe in him. I was wrong. He played much better than I thought as a rookie. Um, all right, he's this, he's, I still didn't think he was part of the, a franchise core and, and a key building block, but I thought, he's their center. They're going to give him minutes and let's go. Like, the centers are going to dry up. Let's pick him around 70 to 80. And that was a dreadful decision. It was a huge mistake from me because Dwayne Casey went, 
oh, we don't really have any other centers for the future, but we're not going to play you. Okay, he played 26 minutes a night. Stuart, 160th in categories, 143 in points leagues. Yahoo's got him at 111 with an ADP of 112. ESPN's at 156 with an ADP of 138. I think he's going to start, and I think they're going to make him into a four, and he's going to start bombing threes. We saw it the last couple of weeks of the season. We saw volume of it in Summer League. Could he average two threes a game? I, I don't, maybe. Probably closer to 1.5. Will he play 30 minutes? I don't know. There's a lot of centers here. There's Stewart. There's Bagley. He's a power forward, Josh. Bagley's a center. Um, Kelly Olynyk, Nerlens Noel. And the 13th pick, Jalen Duran, is on this team as well. Every single one of those players is better as a center. Now, Olynyk can play at the four. They're going to try one of Stewart or Bagley at the four. It's probably going to be Stewart because he can shoot. But ideally, they're all centers. So that is a little bit of a concern in terms of the upside of minutes. I think it's going to be, unfortunately, Stewart and Bagley starting together. And then you're just going to have a bunch of other guys mixing and matching, which makes the Pistons a really hard team to try and figure out. So I don't mind grabbing him late, but I'm definitely not investing much in him. Not investing much in Jaden McDaniels either. Now, if I got Stuart wrong last season, I think I got McDaniels right. A lot of people were really hyped about him going into the 90s, and I just didn't see it because I was like, how is he getting enough touches to have an impact? And he, he didn't. He split minutes with Jaden uh, with uh, Jared Vanderbilt. He was 191st in point, category leagues and 215 in points and played 26 minutes. Now, that will go up. He will play more than 26 minutes because a lot of guys have cleared out. He will start at the three is my guess. There is still Torian Prince who can come in. There's Kyle Anderson who they signed who can come in as well. But McDaniels will probably push to 30 minutes. Yahoo's got him at 116 with an ADP of 136. ESPN, of course, doesn't have him ranked because why would they? He's a guy where in order to have success, he needs to become a big steals and blocks guy. And nothing in his first two years has shown me he's going to be a big steals and blocks guy. He can average one steal and one block. Yep. We won three, maybe one and a half threes. But is he ever going to get a rebound with Towns and Gobert there? Probably not. He'll never get an assist. He won't get any usage with Russell, Edwards, and Towns. And he's going to need to get... He needs to turn into Jonathan Isaac or Jonathan Isaac Light and get 1.6 steals and 1.6 blocks. And so far, his career wouldn't tell us that that's possible. He won't get to the line, so his 80% free throws don't really matter. So... Yeah, take him late. 116 is probably too early for me. I think he's more going to be 150, 130. And while that might not seem like much, it's two rounds. And I'm not sure about it. But I like him late. Much like I like this guy late. But it's a similar problem for Pat Williams. When's he going to touch it? Lonzo Ball is out. We don't know when he's coming back. I think they'll probably start to Sunmu or Caruso. Or it could be Dragic. And Williams is going to start at the four. But when's he going to touch it? Levine, DeRozan, Vooch. Now, last game of the season, regular season, he put up a huge game. He had some big games in the playoffs as well. That's why I like Pat Williams as a last-round flyer. But I still don't really go, well, if I'm the Bulls and I'm Billy Donovan, are we going to make him the option over Levine? Are we going to make him the option over Vooch? And I think the answer to those questions has got to be a categorical no. So a fourth offensive option who's going to have to get by by getting some steals and blocks. He can get some rebounds, sure, but he's not going to pass. He's not going to hit threes. He's fine at the end. Now, he was 253rd in categories and 254th in points, playing 25 minutes. Yahoo's got him at 139, which I think is perfect. That's where you want him. 
ESPN's got him at 252, which, of course, is ridiculous. Um, he's gonna, I think he's going to take. He's going to play more than 25 minutes. They don't have forwards on this team. So he's probably going to play 31, 32 minutes. And that might push him onto the fringe of the top 100. But is there any usage? I, I'm not sure. Um, last guy I'm going to really talk about in depth here is Cole Anthony. He had a great year last year, 32 minutes, 90th in categories, 75th in points. He started the year as a top 40 player, and then everything fell away. The efficiency, which was really high early on, just fell back to being a rookie, and his shooting numbers are really poor. You'll see that Yahoo in particular, ESPN not so much, but Yahoo in particular has gone, ooh, we don't think you can maintain what you did last season. And they've got him at 119 with a rank, or an ADP of 127. ESPN's got him at 91, but the drafters over there are actually dropping him down around to 103. I think that's fair enough because I am not convinced that he starts. I think that Markel Fultz will be the better fit there. And Anthony will still play his 27 or 28 minutes off the bench, maybe 30 with the injury to Gary Harris. But I'm not sure usage will be there. I'm not sure assist opportunities will be there. And I'm not sure he has an improvement in shooting. I'm just not sure that's going to happen. Bad shooter at college. Bad shooter. And I was going to say Duke, but he's not from Duke. From North Carolina. Bad shooter as a rookie. Bad shooter as a second-year player. Maybe that improves. It's possible. And maybe he gets the starting point guard job. I think he's draftable towards the end. But I'm not sure that those numbers for him are worth, um, worth or going to repeat. I don't know if I said this earlier. I talked about Jalen Smith being a perhaps sell high dynasty guy because of opportunity. Oh, no, did I talk about Trey Jones being that guy? I think Jalen Smith is that guy as well. That the opportunity they're afforded this season is maybe not something that's going to happen when their teams get good. So just be looking at those guys as sell high players. Some other players in the third year that are worth mentioning. Emmanuel quickly. Really like what he can do. But Grimes, Fournier, Brunson, Rose. Is he going to play enough? I don't think so. And that's that's annoying. Pokiszewski. I don't think he starts in place of Chet. I think it'll be Rob Robinson Earl or Baisley, whichever one of those guys wasn't going to start. Poku can put up the better fantasy numbers out of that group. I'm just not sure he's going to get more than 22 minutes. Denny Avdia. If he starts over Will Barton, which I, I, I don't expect that he will. No, you will. No, he's ready to sack that. Run, Will. Give it off quick. To be clear, I think he absolutely shouldn't. I think the fit of him next to Beal and pausing us in Kuzma is fantastic versus the fit of Barton there. Um, he's just not going to have enough playing time competing with Kispert and Hachimura off the bench. Peyton Pritchard, while Brogdon and White are going to kill his value. Killian Hayes, I think he's demoted. Jaden Ivey takes over. Hayes can be a steal and assist streamer to someone to watch, but I think I'm out. James Wiseman. I don't, out of these guys here, yeah, I might take Poku with a last round pick. I might take Wiseman. But I also think Wiseman is going to be the bench center. Looney is better than him. And I think Kaminga's a better player than him as well. And he might play 18 minutes a night. Now, I know he looks exciting. He's big, he's long, he's fast. But when he played, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to play. He didn't know when to take shots, what not to do. Has that changed? I'm not sure. And yeah, I might take him last round of the draft and, and see how they use him. But I'd be really quick to drop. Isaac Okoro is a third-year player. He'll probably start. Maybe he cracks the top 200. Probably not. I don't expect Precious Achua, the big sneeze, to start either. But he could. That's going to impact Gary Trent if he does. But there's still Thad Young, Otto Porter, Chris Boucher, Ken Birch. They signed Christian Coloco now. Just a million centers. Siakam's playing center. 
Not sure there's enough minutes upside there for Achua. I didn't write Jay Sean Tate on this list because if he's weird, like undrafted, then coming in two years after that. But he is in his other name list. I wouldn't draft Jay Sean Tate in 12-team leagues. I think that he is a, a poor shooter who is better suited to a bench role. And I think eventually Tari Eason can take those minutes. And of course, he played a lot at the four last season and Jabari Smith's going to be there now as well. So I'm not drafting him, but he's in this other this mix of other names. Obi Toppin, well, just watch. If Julius Randle ends up getting traded and no big man comes back, then if he's presumed to start, I would draft him. I don't think he's the best player on court. His defense is suspect. But as a high-flying, rim-running backup center, who should get 25 minutes a night, but will get 14 because of the Knicks and Tibbs, um, there is fantasy value. Can hit some threes, can rebounds, can score, especially points leagues. That's really valuable. But passing defense is a real problem, I think, for him. Zeke Naji, I think, is going to be a regular rotation minutes player for the Nuggets. He does have a fantasy-friendly game. Whether that can translate into enough minutes, it's probably going to need an injury because there's Gordon, there's Porter, there's Jokic. I think you'll be able to push ahead of um, the big fella, Jeff Green, and get some minutes. And he was really showing quite a bit, Najee, before an injury ended his season. I I do like him, but he's one to watch. Josh Green might be just forced into a rotation role, but he's just not a fantasy player at this point. Omer Yertsevin, I know every Heat blog that I read or Heat thing that I read is, man, we need to start Yurt. And I go, man, you guys really want to lose, don't you? But they don't have a power forward at all. Yertsevin is not a power forward. Look, give me it straight. Bam can play at power forward, but I don't know why you would want to take Bam out of the position where he's the fourth best center in the NBA and he has tremendous success in Bam. He can go do something different that makes you less good. And is Yertsevin actually better than Caleb Martin? I don't know that he is. But if they go with that alignment where Yurt 7 starts next to Bam, I really doubt it, but it's possible, I guess. If they go with that, then Yurt 7's a big points and rebounds guy. But remember, all the success he had last season was when both Bam and Deadman were out and he was getting all of the center minutes. And I don't think that's likely. I put Aaron Neesmith on this list because he's a player that was traded for Malcolm Brogdon and some people seem to believe in him. I do not in the slightest. I'm not even sure he's going to be a regular rotation player. Definitely don't think he's going to be a 20-minute a night guy. And then the other one's Malachi Flynn. The Raptors guards are Van Vliet and Trent. Maybe Barnes you consider a guard. Maybe you consider Ananobi a guard. Barnes will play some backup point guard. But if Flynn can really step up and really go, this is my third year. This is time for me to step up. There are minutes aplenty there. There are so many backup guard minutes. And Van Vliet has had a lot of injury problems with his knees. There are minutes available. The problem is he sucked. I thought he could be good coming out of the draft. It hasn't really shown. But he's just a name to watch where I go, out of this group, like, I don't think Green's got it. Toppen is blocked, obviously, by Randall. Najee, a lot needs to change there. But Flynn just needs to be good. Like, if Toppen's good, he's not starting over Robinson or Randall. If Najee's good, he's not st- starting over Porter, Gordon, or Jokic. If Flynn's good, well, he'll get 25 rotation minutes a night. And you'll push other guys out like Ken Birch won't play. Or Chu will lose a few minutes. Or Boucher will lose four or five minutes. He will play. Like Neesmith won't play over Heald or Matherin or Duarte. No matter how good he is, I don't think. So Flynn becomes one. At least we watch and see what they do in Toronto. And speaking of watching, I thank you for watching or listening to this show because we're done. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or on the Odyssey app. Give us a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.